Hey guys, this is Dagon123, and welcome to... Tangentcast! Hello everyone. And welcome to the next exciting episode of TenshiCast, presented by TenshiForum.com. iTenshi Muyo is slowly starting to near its end of the road, and the closer it gets, the crazier it is getting with references and plot galore. To help us set the table of the dinner of iTenshi Muyo, Chuck. I'm back, baby. Pie. Game over, man! Game over! Nil. It's a good idea to leave your troubles at home when operating a vehicle. And who? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, oh. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Well, we are going from episodes 46 to 55. And what have been your favorite moments in between? Chuck? Um... They've been there's been a lot of fun moments um, since we we were doing two weeks worth of episodes this time I'm, I'm trying to separate the memories in my mind going back first week was um, if I'm remembering correctly all about the student government election uh, science club versus uh, student council and there was a lot of really fun moments in there uh, seeing Yuki's uh, dirty underhanded tricks uh, trying to sway the vote one way or the other. Um, I think definitely my favorite memory from the, the first week's episodes uh, is the very last episode, the very last scene, the very last episode, when all of a sudden, after Momo gives her wonderful speech, she just starts like phasing out a bit, and then the Galaxy Police Headquarters just appears in orbit around Earth, and you just know that, oh man... Here comes the here comes the climax. Here comes the here comes the finale, and that was a great cliffhanger leading into the the next week of episodes. Um, actually, that's probably my favorite of the whole two weeks so far. That was such a great a great cliffhanger. Uh, if I had to pick a moment from the this week's episodes, oh, goodness, it would probably be um, Yukon revealing her uh, her. GP SWAT armor and revealing her like red lightsaber, red energy sword, whip, whatever it is, because that was cool. Because now we finally have some confirmation on just who or what she is, what her role is, and it's pretty much even more badass than we had thought before. So that was really cool seeing some final confirmation on her. Well, yes, we uh, we do have a bit, uh, still a bit of catching up to do, but we're we're back on track here, and and sadly we're. We're almost done. We're almost done with uh, with this fun fun ride that has been uh, been I and uh, uh, you know actually looking back, uh, I really liked. Uh, it was the start of would have been a couple weeks ago, I think, as of where we're at in our viewing and what uh, this cast will cover. Uh, so, like episode forty six, I believe, our episode forty six, where. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, it's it's the start of the, it's right before the little the little arc with the uh, with the with the scandal. It's the the it goes back to the the dynamics from earlier on where we have yet again is the student council 
versus the science club and yuki's up to some mischievous tricks she's trying to rig the election and everything she she does in that is hilarious so i just i love that one where um they, they send hana in undercover and uh she makes that that reveal it was oh, i hana <laughs> i'll let some others jump in there but uh the way yuki weasel out of that very much like i think her uh, her kind of uh, unofficial mentor uh Washu would have. I, I think Washu couldn't have done it better. I just love that part where that you turn away for a second and next thing you know, Hana thought she had her hand on Yuki, had her caught red-handed, but she looks back and it's just a dummy. And what's more is it's it's some sort of uh, booby trap. It's going to explode. And then you get another fun little uh, fun little teamwork moment where they 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 oh we we got to get rid of this thing. It's going to blow. And so they're passing it around. And um, I think they, uh, they 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 pass off to to Tenchi, who then throws it to uh, to Benny, who then knocks it out of the park uh, like a baseball in it. That that was uh, that was just fun. I love that. And then of course uh, I mentioned that because um, once we get into the most recent week we've had, where it's just been action, action, action with the GP and with Washu and uh, Ukon and everything that everybody said, it's um, it it's it's so hard to pull a moment out of there because it has just been wall-to-wall awesome. It's just been awesome. Um, gosh, I love the uh, speaking of baseball bat moments. I'll let some others carry away with this, but I love what they did with Gorky Kuhn there. I love that. That was, oh, my God. That was that was, that was, that was a moment where I was like, I, Tenchi Muyo, 11 out of 10. My God, this last week has been glorious. But Chuck's already spoken to the Galaxy Police headquarters appearing from the from two weeks ago in episodes 46 to 50. And I love that moment as well because shit, stuff's happening. Things are getting – things are the climax is here. The Galaxy Police headquarters is here. I don't think we've actually seen the Galaxy Police headquarters. It seems like it – at least not in this se- – well, we've seen it in this series. But as far as it moving, we've never seen it move before. And I thought it was a fixed space station in orbit around some unnamed planet. Nope, sucker can move. Um, but from that week in particular, I think probably the scene that I like the best would be – uh, Tenshi and Momo's uh, talk on the roof because they actually have a bit of a heart to heart, and you start seeing Momo start to grow. You see, grow, see her in particular all of last week. Momo, of course, is being the usual, well, usual Momo, childish and what have you. In the first two episodes of that week. But in the last two episodes of last week, uh, Momo actually is growing up. She's having to having to face this conflict. She's going to have to face this uh, possible punishment or loss of her position. And Tenchi is just saying, "It'll be all right. We'll be here for you the whole time." And I'm like, Tenchi, this is good on you, brah. And moreover, this week. In the last two last two episodes of this week, episodes 54 and 55. Tenchi is actually stepping into a mentor role for her, showing her how her how her key works, showing her how to contact what looks like how to contact the ship. She even is able to manifest a sword with him after his uh, I'm assuming after his uh, mentor- mentorship here. So we're starting to see Tenchi mature alongside Momo, or at least see a more mature side of Tenchi. He's actually fulfilling that teacher role that people have said all along that, oh, well, we haven't seen him teach much. Here we go. He's teaching Momo how to use her powers. And again, this is Tenchi five years after he's met the girls. He's probably had time to actually master his own abilities so he can help Momo in this way. Now, 
as far as uh, context for this week. This week has been a, been wall-to-wall action, just as who has said, and picking out a moment uh, isolated I don't think is very fair to it, uh, because so many moments have been amazingly awesome. We've seen Kumo-kun in action again. Yes! The spider! Um, we saw Gorky-kun pretty much parody and mimic FLCL, the Iron Giant, and t- several other big mecha shows where he just is manly as motherfuck, just hitting the baseball, hitting the dimensional bullet with that baseball bat. I mean, he was he was awesome. That was his moment to shine. It was glorious. And then the my other my second favorite ep- scene for this week, the one that I probably am going to emphasize the most, as my uh, opening tagline said for the moment today, was uh, the, the the seed pods. Yes, uh, the GP GP SWAT think they got this all sewn up. Yuki and Rui are out of commission. Uh, they think they got they they got this. They barge into the into the building. What do they see? rows and rows of eggs and i'm just in the back of my mind i'm going like Igishi, you just didn't do this the four flaps on the top open up in that trademark style and what pops out i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking crazy crazy monstrosity nope cute little washu head Boop. <laughs> then it jumps on the guy and fucking wraps him up in in the hair. Uh, and then the guys are like, oh my god, start shooting everything. They look up at the ceiling, they're surrounded. The GP are screwed. This entire scene was 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 vintage from the Alien franchise. I loved it to death. Uh, and that's just the, this one scene out of all the goodness that's this week. Well, I can skip the previous week because who already covered it? I love the, the whole engagement with yuki laying the trap and the baseball knocking it out of the park like that part just slayed me that was that was definitely my favorite part of last week so concentrate on this week because it was just so absolutely heavy with just great moments all over the place a lot of plot moving forward but also a lot of just that classic tenchi comedy uh, I think one of my earliest favorite points in this week's episodes was uh, when Yuki is clung to the front of the abandoned building and she's like, no, they can't take it away. My precious. And she's like coming up with this like elaborate conspiracy theory in her head. Like, no, they're trying to take it away from us. They know it's down here. And it's funny because everybody's treating her like she's absolutely insane, even though she's absolutely right. And, you know, normally she would be absolutely out of her mind. But for the first time, somebody who's actually a conspiracy nut is right on the money on what's going on here. So I just I love that juxtaposition because, you know, she's she's obviously a little mentally unstable. So everybody's just kind of like, Yuki, you calm down, girl, put put the remote down. But now she she was the one in the right for the first time. And that. That made that episode for me. Um, moving forward a little bit, I love the aliens reference. Uh, I loved the gas masks, like the whole scenario inside of the building when the GP SWAT first breached and having Yuki and Rui be like the first line of defense in their whole, you know, <laughs> watch you using them as weapons. Just uh, she, she never ceases to amaze how she finds ways to just weaponize whatever she can find. Oh yeah, you know, I weaponize a bullet that can, you know, oscillate dimension. I come up with a gun that destroys a universe when you fire it at. Oh, you know, I got these two science students. I, yeah, I weaponize them too. Why the hell not? Plenty of callbacks to the regular show as well. 
you know, the, at least the uh, the old shows. We got to see uh, Aika and Sasami reprising their roles as Jiraiyan royalty, lest we forget that's what they actually are, actually appearing in their diplomatic uh, status, which hasn't happened for a really long time. Uh, I loved Yukon's, like, unraveling. She's getting power-hungry, like... Aika and Sasami come in, they're like, you will stop this right now because, you know, this isn't part of the agreement. The Galaxy Police don't have permission for this. And she's just like, fuck it, cuff them up. And then, of course, all credit has to go towards, I think my favorite scene of all this week was Mahoshi popping up behind Washu and Washu realizing she goofed. She forgot the one thing that could possibly stop her. Everything else, she's always got a plan out. She's always got some way to escape always mahoshi who's the one that ruins it for her and uh this week this this series is no exception except this time mahoshi didn't do it on accident she's doing it as part of her job which is which is just fantastic character development for her because when's the last time she actually acted like a police officer and now she's here arresting a member of the masaki house which (laughs) who'd have thought that would happen Uh, this this week was fantastic i loved it Many people, uh, many in the cast already have said a few of my favorite moments, the Aliens reference being one of them, the, uh, you know, Gariki-kun having, was he gonna swing the bat? You know, hit a home run, the FLCL reference, all, all of those things were, you know, just, they're, they're just fun, that's, it was so awesome to see them, because how can you hate that? Everybody, everybody loves those. Um, one of the things from, I guess, kind of tying in last week and this week was we finally get to see the GP you know, come into action, come into everything and find out what they're about and what they're going to do. Uh, it was really cool to see that, you know, the Dimension Oscillating Bullet, thanks to Pi, was actually something that Washu had created beforehand. And it was referenced uh, offhandedly in Episode 8 of Tenchi Universe, and they brought that back. And so that was, you know, Washu saying, oh, they're using my toys against me. And the, uh, the the people on the bridge of the GP were from Tenshi Universe as well. The uh, the robot and the uh, various alien races that were on there. It was it was really nice to kind of have something that is like, oh man, that's really cool. But it's also something that we've seen before. It's very familiar, and just all of the banter, all of the dialogue, everything getting ramped up. You know, every tons of action. The swerves, like you know, Yukon pulling out a lightsaber. A Sith lightsaber, no less. And uh, also it becoming almost like Ivy's weapon in the Soul Calibur series, how it can be, you know, like a sword, but then uh, flail off like a whip. Lots of cool stuff in there. Um, As far as, like, the favorite moment, I really like that, you know, the, the back and forth between Momo and Tenchi. Because, you know, we we come, the final scene... Right before we go to credits in episode 55, the way the music was played up, you know, you've got the uh, the pedals coming up, and then Momo has that aha moment, the moment that, you know, she finally realizes who she is, the ship, Toshika, that was her and Benny's ship. It was, it was, it's a perfect lead-in to the final, uh, the final week of Ai Tenshi Muyo, and it's, it's been, it's been a roller coaster ride. And so, you know, all of these fun moments... Naturally, again, like Neil said, Mihoshi being a competent police officer, getting Washu the what always the one thing that's the thorn in Washu's side. So that was awesome to see. It was awesome to see everybody come into their own, uh, you know, 
be be exactly who they were. It was like it, it was perfectly personified by what one person on the YouTube page for our uh, supercut this week said. This is the Tenchi Muyo that I remember. And uh, I guess with that, we will go into I Tenchi Talkback Nil. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for that part of the week where we get to talk about what you want to talk about instead of listening to us blab on about what we want to talk about. I Tenchi Talkback is our community outreach program. Me where we reach out to you and you tell us what you want to hear. Uh, simple. All you got to do, leave comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, with the hashtag iTentionTalkback, which is available in the video description below, uh, with what you want us to uh, potentially say. We can only pick out a handful per week, but uh, we try to pick the ones that we feel are the most important and will obviously drive, uh, drive the best communication. So with that, we have a few today. Let's start off with this one. This is actually two people in one. This comes from Tachi Ni on YouTube, but also relates to one uh, from Max Ruiz on Facebook. There was one issue about I that's been bugging me. Ryoko blaming Tenchi for something, like Momo falling asleep on him and punching him to the sky. Has Ryoko done something like this before where she blames mainly Tenchi and hits him? And we'd actually talked about the domestic violence, I believe, a couple of podcasts back and the, uh, you know, the belief that there has been some degree of physical violence before uh, played for comedy. But has it ever, has it ever been actually done against Tenshi is a good question, because we actually talked last time we talked about this. We talked about uh, Daughter of Darkness and the slap, as it were, and how that was used as, um, you know, a, a, a breaking of trust, as it were. I don't think we've actually talked about the girls hurting Tenchi, physically causing Tenchi pain directly and not through some collateral as if, you know, Ryoko and Aika are throwing trading blows and shooting energy and, you know, things just coming to a head. Like in the episode of Universe where they go to see Mihoshi and Kione in their apartment and then the apartment explodes and everybody gets a little bit hurt from that. Um, I can't really think of something where she's directly blamed Tenchi for something and hit him. Exactly. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll pass the mic on to you guys. I say OVA1, Episode 1. Uh, Tenshi and Ryoko are, do, are doing the business. They're, fight, they're fighting each other. They got their swords out. Tenshi's like, I don't want to fight a monster like you. And she's like, a monster? And she goes, all, goes off on, why would you call a pretty little young lady like me a monster? And he lists off all the different powers she has. Um, Somewhere in there, he she she punches his ass for insulting her and calling her a monster. So it has precedence. I think uh, yeah, Pi's right. That is the best uh, precedent right there. Um, after that, I think uh, yeah, there really isn't too much. At least very analogous to what we've seen in I so far. Um, I know in some I forget what the episode of Universe where they unlock Washu out of her crystal. Um, I mean, Ryoko's got Tenchi like hog-tied, <laughs> tied up, um, because she thinks that he's been spending too much time with Aika. Other than that, yeah, I guess this is sort of a sort of a new thing outside of the first OVA episode. I think a lot of it has to do with um, this show being a lot more slapstick than Tenchi that we've seen so far. Like a lot of almost Three Stooges level stuff here, like bonking each other on the head and punching each other into the sky, that sort of stuff. So I think a lot of it just has to do with it's it's being played a lot more for laughs than uh, previous Tenchi series. Um, I don't know if there's too much to make out of it. You might be just making a mountain out of a molehill, but it certainly is. You're, you're absolutely right, uh, Tachini. It is certainly something that we haven't really seen in too much 
depth before, but it is an interesting little facet. I I think it just has to do more so with uh, slapstickiness than anything else. Because, I mean, if you look at a lot of other shows that are in the same sort of genre as Itenshi's trying to be, short comedy at the same time with something else maybe going on under the surface, although as we do now, it is definitely under the surface. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that, of just people over-exaggerating animation, super deformed and that sort of stuff, and punching people into the sky like, oh, Team Rocket's blasting off again, that sort of stuff. So I think it's it's pretty par for the course for stuff in this genre, but it is certainly something we haven't seen before in Tenchi to a large degree. Well, you say slapstick, what about Tokyo? Maybe not necessarily Ryoko, but there's definitely a precedent for it with the other girls. We'll talk about uh, OVA1 again. You know, I think it's a second or third episode. Aika slaps Tenchi straight up because he goes to console her because, for whatever reason, she slaps him straight up. And so I think, you know, ultimately, uh, people are trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. It's not really that big of a deal. And, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like if we look at Ryoko's character... She knows, they all know at this point in the series, that Tenchi's supposed to be there to do, uh, you know, a, a, he's, supposed to, he's supposed to be there to be a scout. This is a job. A job, a job, a job. And so, you know, Ryoko being Ryoko, even though she has obviously matured a little bit, I mean, she's Ryoko. There's always going to be that part of her. And her, you know, like we saw in episode 17, where she's looking through the binoculars at Momo and Tenchi having a good time, that fucking grinds her gears. So when she sees Momo laying on Tenchi, and Tenchi's like, oh, yeah, everything's cool. Tenshi, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to be doing this. This isn't part of the job. Punch him in the face. Like, get your shit together. I think, it, you know, it's... It, it's it's a, Especially with the time format, it's a lot easier than having her, you know, go after him or have this long dialogue. She can just pack that into one punch and say, all right, you know, get your, get your, get your, get your stuff together. Well, I do think... Uh, and that was an excellent job citing uh, precedents. And also, I think there's the kind of the contemporary anime uh, feel to take into account a little bit um, where uh, my experience is not uh, that thorough in in, uh, in the genre, surprisingly, even though I love Tenchi from way back in the day. I know a lot of people think that's contradictory, but I would disagree. But anyway, um, yeah, is where uh, th- th- that is. Uh, I do feel it, it's still in line with her character, but, uh, but I did think this was a good one to bring up because so we, we've seen... Ryoko uh, taking it out on the girl instead of uh, Tenchi, whether it be Daughter of Darkness and uh, Mayuka or uh, Tenchi in Tokyo and Sakuya. Um, here, though, I think it's uh, it's it's her a little bit more matured, and I think it's uh, Tenchi as well. You know, him being, you know, he's especially with Momo here, um, a student. You know, he's Tenchi Sensei. Uh, he's he's uh, he's older now. He's in a he's in a position of authority, um, and so really, instead, unfortunately, the old uh, you know when he was a seventeen year old uh, country bumpkin, and oh gee, all these girls are in my house. So whatever shall I do? Versus here, you know, oh gee, a girl fell asleep on me. Whatever shall I do? Like I'm sorry, Tenchi. I, I'm not you know. It's, I'm not saying you were you had less than pure intentions, but that just ain't going to cut it, man. Uh, I'm sorry. You got to, <laughs> so that comes with the territory now. And, um, and I think also, uh, I think also we mentioned daughter of darkness. I think we were, we all in, especially Ryoko were kind of owed that, uh, after that, I believe it was our own Chuck, if I recall correctly, who coined that the slap heard around the world. Uh, when just all of Tenji fandom all at once was just like, 
oh no he didn't and so this is kind of this is kind of it, it was long awaited but it was it was kind of payback for that so i was kind of like there we go get him ryoko <laughs> but uh, another possibility is kind of uh it, it kind of gives some insight into momo's dynamic as a character i think um we were just talking about you know mihoshi being the constant foil to washu and how you go, how is it, the, the brilliant Washu, and, and what's the one thing that, that can always subvert her, no matter how much she tries, no matter, even if it's impossible for anyone to get into her lab, Mihoshi can somehow get in, because Mihoshi's Mihoshi. That's pretty much the answer in any series. So almost here, you know, yeah, the typical reaction would be Ryoka would uh, would tr- probably bite the head off of, of whatever girl she thought was too close to Tenchi, but here she doesn't with Momo. And why does Momo get to get away with that? Maybe because Momo is Momo. Uh, you know, I don't know. That could be a new character insight there. But those are those are my two cents on that. And that was a, that was a good comment. Of course, we'd like to uh, wrap that kind of back around to get to Max's question as well, or comment, which is fairly similar. Uh, he mentioned that uh, Benny... He, he was talking, of course, about Benny's punch to Ryoko in one of the most recent episodes where she just, she just decks Ryoko. Like, just... Not quite out of the blue, but you know, Ryoko's running her mouth being smarmy, and finally Benny just reaches out and just says, you know what? Shut up. And puts her down, like puts her down, down. And um he he found that disrespectful to Ryoko as a character, and um wanted to bring that up as well because it's really interesting the dynamic between the old girls and the new girls and that we've always kind of wanted to see them fight and Ryoko and Benny have fought multiple times so far but it's always been kind of an even match and now Benny has the upper hand she's just striking straight out at Ryoko Uh, is it necessarily disrespectful that move I mean again there is also the degree of slapstick comedy to be kept in mind but uh, you know do you see that as kind of a quote-unquote violation of being a new character, as it were? I mean, I, I don't think so, but this this was a this was a comment that came up, and I've seen it a few times, so I wanted to pass the mic around on that one. Well, I think ultimately, no, it's not disrespectful. You know, one of the things that we saw very very early on is that everybody the new they made the new characters, you know, through the way it, the show was written. It's very respectful to the old characters. The old characters don't have all of the spotlight, but when they do have the spotlight, it's important and they look strong. With Benny and Ryoko, it was it was almost from the very beginning fans zeroed in on Benny being the new Ryoko, as it were. She is the tough and powerful one. She is the own she is the ogre. Ryoko is the Oni. They're they're very kindred spirits in that respect they're very you know much like benny to momo ryoko is to tenchi she's very you know ryoko would will would and has risked her life and would risk her life for tenchi benny would do the same thing for momo and so you know we see benny the first time that benny and ryoko go head to head they have an arm wrestling competition and they're both like psyched out by the fact that they can stand toe to toe with one another but as we keep building and building and building to the series, not once do we ever see Benny do anything to Ryoko that's disrespectful to her. They're on the same level. They're always put on the same level. So you have, uh, as you're going through the series, at no point do you say, well, Benny is better than Ryoko. Like Nil said, Ryoko was running her mouth. Everybody's tensions are high. The GP is out there fighting. A bomb went off. You know, the oscillating bomb explode or oscillating bullet exploded. You have all of these crazy things happening. Momo is starting to disappear. Everybody's tensions are on high. And 
Benny, of all people, is very, she's very, you know, she's almost the strong stoic type in a way, because she went to the Masaki household when they needed, when she needed them and said, look, I need your help. I know you can help me. Please help me. Ryoko finally just kind of hit her at a point where she's like, look, I don't want to hear this right now, you know, and I think, I think ultimately it was deserved because Ryoko was running her mouth and and Tenchi was yelling at her. Momo doesn't know what to do because, you know, she's basically a five-year-old trapped in a 16 or 17-year-old's body. She has no idea what's going on. I think it, I don't think it was disrespectful in the least. I think it made perfect sense. It was a bit of a, uh, it was a bit of a cheap shot. I'll give her that, but it, it, it was, it was one of those moments. It wasn't like Benny was trying to prove, ha ha, I, you know, I, I defeated the great Ryoko. No, it was just, it was like, like Dagon said, tensions running high and, since we were talking about Benny's very similar to Ryoko, well, we know from Ryoko, and I think even from this series in the buildup, we know Benny. She's more of, uh, she's more of, a, she's very action oriented. Uh, she's she's not much of a talker. Um, she a lot of times lets her club or her fist do the talking, and that's kind of what. Uh, so in a way, and and the way Ryoko was, uh, I, I think that spoke volumes to her personality. Instead of being petty and fighting back. Ryoko might log it away for later and be like, "All right, later, we'll 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 go at it." But right now, like you know, Ryoko didn't retaliate um, because you know she she took the mature route and realized like, "Hey, we're you know get it together, everybody. We're we're dealing with a situation here." Um, so I was really impressed with that. But I think uh, I think Ryoko probably took that in the way that you know between Ryoko and Benny, they had a lot of communicating, even though they didn't use words. Uh, during their their arm wrestle and their their strength competition, so this was some more communication here, and Ryoko got the message. And you know the fact that Ryoko went flying one is comical, and two it's just because these characters are that strong. And so if one of them cheap shots the other and they don't see it coming, they're gonna go flying. So it doesn't mean like oh Benny totally pwned Ryoko. Like no, it was just one of those. If if you've ever been in a situation like that where you kind of snap at somebody or you yell at them a little bit or maybe you maybe you uh, you 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 know you punch them on the shoulder or something like you know hey man you know uh is one of those situations so i thought i thought it was very well handled and i would be seeing i i would agree with like you know uh the whole disrespect of the new characters if if we weren't at this point in this series and and all these episodes leading up developing benny's character she has a right as a tenchi character by this point uh in my book and and uh and and we've you know Ryoko certainly hasn't been overshadowed uh throughout this series so they in my opinion they did it right they built up to it and and uh but but that was that was an an interesting point to bring up for me there's two parts to this question uh the first part is um in character wise is it disrespectful for Benny to to punch Ryoko like that and I think everyone here has given their good arguments for and against and I tend to agree with most people here in saying that yeah Ryoko sort of deserved it she was she was the one disrespecting Momo disrespecting Benny and so Benny's just like no not not having it the more interesting question however I think is from a writing standpoint like is is it disrespectful to Ryoko in the context of writing and I still don't think so because it's, I think I made the analogy in one of the previous casts um, to 
the TV trope uh, Worfing, which comes from Star Trek Next Generation, if anyone knows. Worf is the big strong character, and whenever a new monster of the week appears and they want to somehow cheaply show that this monster is really strong, they'll just have him beat up Worf, because Worf is the token strong guy. And if he beats up Worf, then clearly this is someone to be feared. And and I don't think that's what's happening here with Ryoko, and I, and I mentioned as much in the previous cast. Um, this isn't just uh, to try to show how strong Benny is, how much better of a character she is, how feared she should be. This was just to show both of their personalities interacting. Um, I forget who was saying it before, but yeah, absolutely, they're having a conversation. And instead of words, they talk through their fists. And this was, this was uh, a conversation between the two of them, a physical uh, confrontation version of a, of a conversation. And it, it, it does wonders for both of their characters. It shows that Ryoko's still the, still the smarmy, uh, sarcastic, uh, cool-under-any-pressure-situation character that she is, that we've always known and loved her to be. But it's also shown that she still can take it just a bit too far, like we've seen in uh, Daughter of Darkness, in Universe, in OVA. And it shows that unlike Aika, unlike uh, Sasami and, and Mihoshi, or to some extent Washu, Benny's not going to take it. She doesn't give a crap. She's not going to stand there and listen to this um, when there's work to be done. And so it does wonders for both characters, I think. So I don't think it was disrespectful from a writing standpoint or from an in-character standpoint. So, But it is a very interesting question, and I'm always looking for new... Uh, new ways, new perspectives to view the characters, to view the story, and it's always it's always good to try and find a new prism to to look through when you're analyzing a show like this. There also is some perspective to be had here. Uh, the situation here is that uh, Tenchi's essentially offering Momo the pink guarded uh, sword key that. It seems to definitely be hers or Benny's or one of the two. Um, so he's offering to her, saying, "Here, this is yours, and we need to use me. We need you to use this." Momo is actually worried and concerned that if she takes the key and starts using it, she'll turn back into another her, presumably turn back into the child that we saw in all the all the feudal era stuff. And Tenchi's, of course, sensitive to this. And however, Ryoko's like, "Okay, look, we need to get this done now. We want to end the story. I'm tired of being here." Uh, here, take the damn key and do what we need to get done. That's when Benny punches her. And there's some interesting fact that happens, or there's an interesting conversation that directly follows that. After Ryoko gets punched, Benny turns to Momo and says, no matter what happens, I will protect you. I think this is actually a very character-building moment for both Momo and Benny, because Benny is actually acknowledging she's going to protect Momo the same way she did in episode 33 when she became Momo's protector in the in the on Jirai back in the in the in the before times, um, with Momo, of course, she's she accepts this and is, there's a bonding moment between the two of them. Now, admittedly, Ryoko and another thing that's interesting about this episode at the end of said episode, Ryoko and Benny are the only two left, so the two of them are now paired up. So possibly this punch. Again, they're going to have to have some communication between the two of them in the next next week of episodes because it looks like it's going to be up to them to do something by the end of this now that Tenshi and Momo have been removed from the equation. I think that this is something that uh, could grow both Benny's character and Momo's character in the next week. You know, one of the other things, too, that when we look at the dynamic between Ryoko and Benny, I think Ryoko 
herself also sees a lot of herself in Benny because right after, you know, right when what we assume to be Toshika is awakening and uh, Tenchi and Momo are engulfed in the pedals, which by the way, I love, I love the fact that all of the awesome stuff that's happening in this episode, we kind of just glaze over the fact that the planet is now cut in half, but Benny is trying to desperately punch this barrier, and Ryoko comes up and grabs it and says, do you want to die? Like, this is a Jiraiyan barrier, you don't want to do that. It's because Ryoko, even if she doesn't say it, she respects what Benny is doing, because that's the very same thing that she would do. And so, even though Ryoko is Ryoko, and she will get into a fist fight if it means it, Benny doing what she did for Momo, again, like I said before, represents something that she would do for Tenchi as well if somebody was mouthing off like, look, fuck you, like, this this is somebody who is incredibly important to me, you can't just make this decision for them, this is a big deal. Well, I thought it was worth talking about, it's definitely, you know, as was mentioned by Chuck, you know, there's always interesting prisms to look through, and I like learning what everybody's uh, view on the Tenchi world and the girls and the characters and just, you know, the, the way that they see things is always interesting because everybody's got something a little bit different. That's, that's one of those just kind of special things about this, this fandom. That's why we do this I Tenchi talk back. So uh, next up and our last I Tenchi talk back for today comes from Greg Box on Facebook. And he says, Ukon is driving me mad right now. She seems to be, she seemed to be a Kagato-like villain to begin with, but now it turns out she was kind of a spy and she's kind of working for the GP, but still kind of in command. Am I supposed to be conflicted by Ukon's motives or am I just crazy? I love this comment because I said something very similar when the reveal happened that she was a Galaxy Police Officer, and it turns out that, yes, she is legit a Galaxy Police Officer, and she's part of the ground team for this whole plan to catch up to Washu and get the tool, get the key, and stop all the madness. Because they paint her in such a negative light. They always make her look like a villainess. There's always the dark, stark lighting around her. And always this kind of like evil look to her face whenever she gets Tenshi. Or she, she gets close to the Tenshi can Like the one time where she gets a hold of it. She's like, oh yes. And she's like clinging to it. Kind of teasing Tenshi with it a little bit. And then he grabs it and runs away. And she appears really, you know, flustered. It all makes sense now. You know. Previously, it, it just seemed like she was a, a villain, and maybe there was some greater evil behind it. But no, she's just a galaxy police officer, and that's that's just fantastic writing. Like nobody guessed it, and I'm pretty sure we talked about that as well on the last podcast. How nobody guessed what Ukon was actually going to be. Everybody thought she was going to be a Kagato-like villain, uh, but turns out no, she's actually kind of in a gray area. Although right now we're starting to see her kind of move, do some power play moves with, uh, you know, arresting. Jiraiyan royalty as it were or at least you know suggesting that that's what they should do and dismissal of their command <laughs> she's she's an interesting character and I just I loved the way that she was developed uh, and I I think you you should be conflicted somewhat because she's not a villain she's she's doing her job and that's fantastic you know there, there's no big bad this this uh show just yet i mean there could still be one that pops up at the very end uh in, in the final week but right now you just have a couple of forces that are all in a very gray area all trying to do what they think is the right thing and not necessarily being villainous about it but maybe not throwing caution as well as they should indeed yeah i will freely admit to uh 
speculating that Ukon would be the the villain of this series, and uh, just like everyone else, I was taken aback when we first got the the hint that she was connected with the GP, and now is uh, an elite commando sort of uh, sort of person. Um, I think it was it Upi yesterday when we were talking about this said that uh, she's a loose cannon. No, that was no. I think was it you, Neil? Pretty sure that was me, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I think that was a wonderful descriptor for for her and the whole GP at this point. They're not bad. Like, they're not dirty cops. They're not um, in this for for power or glory or anything. At least not. That's that's not their main goal. They're just doing their job in a very reckless and power-hungry manner. And so, yeah, they're not they're not villains. They may be antagonists. Um, I would certainly at least the the GP commander at this point can be can be considered an antagonist. I mean, launching a super weapon at uh, at populated Earth that seems a very antagonistic thing to do. Um, but yeah, there's 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 no villains at this point, and I love it. I think it's a testament to the the writing because I mean we've we've seen villains before. In fact, I. I would highly recommend our listeners to go back to our uh, Tenshi Muyo Villains podcast, um, where we talk about a lot of these things. Like we and many of us said, we wanted a bit of a of a gray area villain because we've had big charismatic evil villains like Kagato, and then we've had more goofy and incompetent villains like Clay. Um, and I think one of the things that really struck me is a lot of us agreed that we all really sort of liked the idea of Yugi in Tenshi, uh, Tenshi in Tokyo as a villain because she wasn't she wasn't bad, she was hurt and she was trying to trying to strike back, and that's very similar to this. And it's it's funny that that um, after that cast, we're now being presented with just that situation that we uh, that we said we wanted, and I think it's cool. I really like it. It's it's exactly what a lot of us have wanted for a while. And it's it's good to be conflicted. It is. It's good writing. It means it means the writers are doing their job and the director is doing his job. So revel in this time, Greg. Revel in it. Well, one of the things that you know this question highlights very well. Greg says, "Am I supposed to be conflicted?" Well, I will direct this somewhat at some you know certain comments that have been made saying based on the length of the episodes or what have you saying, where's the depth? I don't see the depth. Is there depth? Right here. This is your depth. The writing is right there. It's being spoon-fed to you. It is fantastic. We're conflicted by Ukon. Nobody saw Ukon's turn coming, that she was a part of the Galaxy Police. We had ideas, much like Greg, that she was this Kagato-like villain, this villain. She was going to be the big bad, right? She was the one. Turns out, not really so much. Much like Neil said, she's kind of the loose cannon. She's the one that is doing her job. And that's another cool thing is the GP, like Chuck said, they might be doing it in kind of an overkill kind of way, but they're just doing their job. We forget too, based on this, and this is something else that was brought up in the episodes uh, this week, was that uh, the, the, gr- the grunts of the GP SWAT, one of the rookies was kind of like, he was kind of shooken up. And the veteran guy with the cool staff, who I think is probably one of the first people to get attacked by Washu's facehugger things, says, you have every right to be scared because this is the great Washu Hakubi. She's the one who blew up a solar system. And it's just like, you know, let that sink in for a second. Washu blew up a solar system. Washu's the creator of the Dimension Oscillating Bullet, which got her banned in Tenchi Universe, among other things, from the Science Academy. You know, and it's so you kind of have this who's right, who's wrong thing going on, because even though even though you have, you know, this very brooding, very dark, 
almost villain-like GP high command saying, we need to stop them, this is what they're doing, haha, they will, they will, we'll end this feud. Really, they're not doing anything wrong. They're, Washu is the one who is, the, who at the very beginning of the show caused a rift in space-time, which is causing everything to get jumbled up, which is the whole reason that Janai Academy exists in the first place. But because of how it's how well it's written and how well it's directed, we are asking ourselves these questions. So yes, you are supposed to be conflicted by Lucan's motives. Last calls, everyone. Last calls. Alright, well, I guess we call that a spider. That about wraps it up for I Tenchi Talk Back this week. That's the segment of the show where we talk about what you want to talk about. If you wish to participate, you have one last chance, and that is the week coming up, because this is it. This last week is it for I, Tenshi Muyo, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on how everything progresses. We want to hear your thoughts on the ending, and of course, we want to hear your thoughts as a whole looking back on the series. Thank you all. Uh, thank you to Max, Tachini, and Greg Box for their comments for I, Tenshi Talk Back this week. They were excellent questions, as always. And we're looking forward to seeing what you all have to say about the grand finale. If you want to participate, don't forget, leave a comment. I tend to talk back, hashtag, in the video description, on the Facebook, on the YouTube. Now, let's pass the mic back on over to Dagon to carry us on home, Dagon! If you are a fan of TenshiCast on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to us. And or follow us on pretty much every single social media aspect you can think of. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Pinterest. If it exists, we're probably there. We should be a rule on the internet. And if you'd like to discuss I, Tenshi Muyo, Tenshi Muyo, and all things related to Tenshi and its fun sister multiverse series, head on over to TenshiForum.com, where, much like the carnival, the discussion never ends. Until next time... Stay gold.